Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dreams Unlimited Travel Podcast. My name is John Magi, and I'll be your host. And in this episode, we're going to take we're going to be taking an in depth look at vacationing in Alaska, and we're going to be concentrating on cruising to Alaska. I'm joined at the table by our panel of experts: Client Services Manager for Dreams Unlimited Travel, Kevin Close. Hi, everybody. Agent Consultant for Dreams Unlimited Travel, Tracy Heinrichs. Hi, everyone. And back in our production facility, we have our producer, Craig Williams. Hello. Hi, guys. Thanks for being here. Thank you, everybody home, for joining us and tuning in. Um, as I mentioned, we're going to be taking an in-depth look. In-depth look. I can't say it. i gotta, I got to cut that out completely. We're going to be taking a closer look <laughs> at what it means to vacation in Alaska. Specifically, we're going to be looking at cruising to Alaska. And I think one of the reasons why we're, we've talked about this as a topic amongst ourselves is because I think some of us were surprised at how much we loved Alaska. Right. I thought I would do it and it would be a one-and-done type of thing, but we have been back, and I want to go back again. So I think it's something people should really look into as an alternative vacation. If they're looking at different places to go, Alaska is definitely an option for them. And cruising is always the easiest way mm-hmm. to do that. I actually think Alaska is great because while I love being on a cruise ship, I am not a huge fan of Caribbean islands. I don't do a lot of the things. I don't snorkel. I don't go on booze cruises. I don't drink. So I don't find, other than shopping, and I've got my fill of tablecloths, I don't find a lot of activity in the Caribbean other than Site, you know, looking around and shopping in Alaska, I was very excited to do the things that were offered. I actually, see Alaska. Um, fortunately, two of the folks at our table just did Alaska cruises. Tracy, tell us about your cruise. Where did you go? What cruise line was it? We had done this time Celebrity. We booked it last minute. I just last minute had a couple week window in between Disney releases, which seemed to be crazy this year. And I was had this window, so I was looking for something last minute. We weren't going to do Alaska. We This was our fifth Alaska cruise. Um, so every time you do it, you think, oh, I'm just going to do this once and then be done with it. And then, oh, I loved it. So then you do another one. And after the last one, oh, well, we're not going to do this itinerary again. Right. We'll do something else. And, and I was looking for something to do, and I wanted just to relax. And I thought, I really would love to go back to Alaska. So we just found this great deal last minute with Celebrity. And uh, we sailed out of Vancouver, round trip. This time we got to do Icy Strait Point, which we had not done before. Um, we also did different glacier this time. We did Hubbard Glacier this time, um, which we had also not seen before. And um, this itinerary also brought us back to Ketchikan. And not all of the itineraries do Ketchikan, and it's one of our favorite ports. Mm. So We actually ooh, haven't been there. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, when you're doing the round trip out of Seattle, not all of the cruise lines stop in Ketchikan. Um, but we really enjoy it, and we thought um, it was fantastic. It's just, I love sailing out of Vancouver, first of all. I know I've said that before. I find when you're sailing from Vancouver, they call these cruises inside passages. So let's start there. Right. So when you're doing a round trip, whether it's Seattle, Vancouver, sometimes you'll catch one out of San Francisco, um, these are called inside passage cruises because you're cruising kind of the interior on the way up and on the way back as well. And so for us, we find when we're going out of Vancouver, there's more time when there's land near you. So there's more to see. You're more in little inlets and little. And the funny thing is about, I, we always joke that the majority of an Alaska cruise, you're in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> so you kind of just kind of on the, on the southern tip of Alaska, really. So we get to enjoy seeing the beauty that's our country. Um, but just in general, we just, we, 
it's it's like nothing. If you haven't experienced, it's so hard to explain. It it's hard to explain. It's and almost, I know when we were doing our first group. I was, you were talking. You were like, "Okay, yeah, we'll go. We we're right. going to Alaska." And the first day, you were like, "Oh my god, we love this." <laughs> the scenery is beyond. You can't imagine it, right? You can see pictures, but pictures don't do it justice right. until you're in it and you experience it. And you're looking all around. Awe inspiring. It's just yeah, awe inspiring. Absolutely. And I was on a boat with like what three thousand people, and I still felt like an explorer. Yeah. yeah. Craig, tell us about your cruise, cruise line, the ports, that sort of thing. I will try. Yes, uh, I did a big. Uh, I'm not. I don't want to say multi generation because there was only two, but uh, <laughs> my family. It was celebrating my dad's 60th birthday and my mom's 60th birthday, actually on the cruise. So uh, they wanted. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hang on a second. Kevin needs a moment okay? to realize. <laughs> yes, Kevin, you could be my father. Oh. And or my mother. So, yeah, this was to celebrate my parents, uh, their 60th birthdays this year. And my dad refuses to cruise, but he wanted to do Alaska. Uh, so he, like many people, he decided this was the way to actually be able to see it. And so... Uh, his I, his dream itinerary was one that uh, was not offered on many ships, and that's going up to see Glacier Bay. And so the only cruise lines I believe that offer it regularly are Princess, uh, Norwegian, and Holland America. So we ultimately went with Princess, and so uh, we we left out of Vancouver, but we did fly into Seattle and then took the train up to there and then left out of Vancouver hit Ketchikan uh, Juneau, Skagway and then finally made it up to Glacier Bay and then ended with the College Fjord before finishing up in Anchorage. Is this considered an inside passage as well? Uh, this would be more we, Gulf of Alaska. Gulf of yeah, for for yeah. that portion um, our, first, our first day was a day at sea mm -hmm. and it was similar to what I remembered from Disney on our right. way back from uh, on our way back from Ketchikan. You see the shoreline off in the distance, but you're not you're not close enough to really get the the experience. But in the inside, like in the inside portions, we had that, and um, so it was. I would say half and half. Mm -hmm. It's there's like the day that you go to see Glacier Bay, it's about a three hour trip yeah. in and out to get to the actual glacier. So that's kind of a lot of your inside mm -hmm. passage viewing. Same with College Fjord, but yeah, it, a mix. Tracy, did you do shore excursions? No, no. we didn't do any this time um, on purpose, uh, just because of what this trip was for. It was more relaxing. And we'd been, you know, with the exception of I Icy Strait Point, which is not much of a, of a port um so there wasn't a lot going on there so there was nothing that we needed we've seen whales dance and <laughs> you know so we did not we didn't do any um you've been to the uh cookout the salmon cookout <laughs> yeah so we didn't want to do that again and so no we actually didn't and that's that's common for us um and we love it in alaska not doing that just getting off um there's beautiful areas we find it very easy to walk and explore icy straight point it was all kind of along a beach almost we were able to walk along a beach in a little bit there was a bit of a trail that we were able to walk upon um so we did that in ketchikan we always go to uh creek street uh, there's a little shopping area kind of off the beaten path, and it's a beautiful, uh, beautiful area there. Um, in Juneau, we just love exploring the main the main drag. And what I remember from our, our cruises is the boat always docked, mm -hmm. so you never tendered, and it was always easy. It was always 
easy on, easy off mm-hmm. the boat. You're always near something. Yeah. So now if you wanted to go and see something else, you could. You could take a train or a right. you know, the dog sledding or the right. hike, the glacier. The, yeah. They have helicopters and... But it was yeah. always an easy trek to something that was easy to do. Because yeah. we're not sure excursion people either. We, no. You know, go see a little bit and come back. So some of uh, the excursions that you would do in these ports, like Juno's very popular for whale watching. It's probably the most popular port along um, the Inside Passage Road, especially. Icy Strait Point also had some pretty good whale watching um, in uh, Skagway. It's where we do the White Pass Railway, very common. And I'm, I'm saying this from the point of view of somebody who's new to this. So the first time in Alaska, these are the kind of the highlights. Yeah, that you I love want to all of these things. Yeah, um, yeah. the White Pass Railway yeah. takes you a little bit, you know, takes you into the Yukon, takes you a little bit more into the interior. You can see a little bit more of Alaska close up. Um, Ketchikan, they have that lumberjack show there um, that apparently is really cute. I've never seen it. Um, but everybody that I talk to loves Ketchikan. There's just something. It was a very intimate port. Uh, something about the way the shops are. I talked about Creek Street. Um, so very, That's the one we haven't been to. No. Yeah. It's beautiful. And I love... I love, love, love the people of Alaska. I love getting to know, getting to talk to some of the locals. We go out of our way to look for a shop that's owned by locals. You will, which is will be surprising for you when you get to these ports, is that you will see Del Sol, you will see Diamonds yeah. International, you will see the row of jewelry stores, and these these people come in who often own shops in the Caribbean, and they come in because it's another cruise port. And they're just there for the season. Um, those aren't your locals. So it depends. I mean, if you're in the market for that, then sure, it's there. Um, but I like to kind of go get away from that. I like to I like to talk to someone. And I don't mean to be offensive, and I'm not going to no. – hopefully people don't take this the wrong way. You can tell when the shop is locally owned versus yeah. someone who's come in for the season. You know, I mean, this is an obvious – we've done it. You walk down the street and you're like, okay, this is obviously a chain and they brought people in to right. work it. Or this is a cute little shop. Because I've never walked into a locally owned shop where somebody was at the door trying to call me in and offer right. me something for free. Right. Or a free charm for your bracelet. Right. Exactly. So that's how I can often tell the difference. Um, they had signs that say owned by lo- like locally owned. But I noticed those signs were in windows of places that were clearly not locally owned. So you have to be aware. And I mean, maybe it matters to some people, maybe it doesn't. But for me, part of the experience is talking, like we talked to, we kept seeing something called fire firewood jam or something it was mm. it was some kind of a fireweed and we want we're wanted to so we were in one of the shops and we were talking to one of the young girls that was working i said you know what this is oh my god let me tell you she said and so she went on to tell us about stories about it and how what how what they do with it and how her family used to make it that's something that i can't get anywhere and those are the experiences i enjoy i like learning about a little piece of what's local yeah. so instead of just buying a jar of jam that i could have bought on the ship if i wanted to it was just that extra layer yeah. and so artisans the artisans who are actually yep, making this stuff exactly. usually there craig how about you um did you and your extremely young parents <laughs> do any shore excursions because uh, how old are you aren't you like 45 <laughs> yeah no, no i am i am the Can ripe young i don't know how to do it <laughs> I am I'm the ripe young age of uh, 31 I think uh, but yeah 31 uh, no we we did excursions uh, I will just say up front though because of our our port times um, and just ease of flexibility we did not book any through the ship at all uh, we did all of them privately and independently and that was just that was that worked for us our shortest day at a port was Ketchikan. We were there from 6.30 in the morning until uh, all aboard was like one thirty, 
And so that was our tightest day. Juno, I think we were 6 to 8.30 at night. No, that was 6 to six to 9 o'clock. And then, um, and then Skagway was like 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock. So we had so much time on our own that it was it was one of those situations like, well, we don't need to book through the ship, pay the extra money because we're worried about getting back to the ship on time. Um, we would have essentially had to been attacked by a bear in the wilderness in order to not make Which it back on the ship. would have been awesome for this show, by oh, the yeah. way. So if you could have arranged that. Yeah. Uh, so, Underachiever. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I really wanted to make it happen. It just didn't. Uh, so it. Let me say this, too. I think that when you look at uh, traveling other places, like maybe you're in Europe or something, it might be a little bit more difficult or more daunting to book an excursion on your own. Right. Where Alaska, I think, is a little bit easier to do. Yeah, and it, it helped that I was already there back in 2013 for Disney, so I could talk about the excursions I did through that with my family and decide if we wanted to go that same route with any of them. Uh, ultimately, in Ketchikan, we took one of the, um, I, I forget what they're actually, the float planes, mm-hmm. and we flew... Uh, one of like the highest rated pilots in Alaska that flew us through some of the mountains and stuff. And it was, it was really cool and beautiful. Um, and that's what we did there. Then in Juneau, we hired a private boat to take us out whale watching. So instead of getting on like one of the ship ones where there's 300 people crammed in like sardines, uh, we were on a boat that could hold a maximum of 12 people and we only had seven of us. And, So while you're watching all these big ships with big fumes coming out the back, not being able to get to where the whales are quick enough, we were zipping around on a pontoon boat, just getting everywhere. And then after we were done there, we went up to see uh, Mendenhall Glacier and did just because it's on the way and it's there. And we had time in Juneau. And then in Skagway, took a note out of my book from when I was in Skagway the last time uh, driving Jeeps up. The same go the same trail as the White Pass going eventually to Carcross. Uh, I did it as a guided tour with Disney, which was okay, but they only want to stop at their points. You can't slow down and take it all in. So we just found a place that rented Jeeps and did it that way ourselves and spent hours and hours and hours. That's a really cool thing about traveling someplace uh, multiple times. A lot of times people say to us, well, why do you do, why do you go to Italy over and over again? Because when you get that experience the first time, you kind of hits in your brain, I can do this on my own. Yeah. Or I can do this a little further. I can do it in a way that fits me better. And there's not just one path. You can, you know, Oh, exactly. You can see things from many different angles. So while the ship excursions are great for giving you an encapsulated and an abbreviated thing, it's going back to a place over and over again that lets you really immerse yourself. And I tell you, I'm I'm always cautious when I say this professionally, but personally, I'm a big fan of private shore excursions. Um, Professionally, I need to tell you all the disclaimers. I need to tell you that, you know, the ship, there is a layer of protection with the ship. First of all, they've... You know, they vetted these companies. Um, you know, if an entire bus of people isn't back to the ship, chances are the ship's going to wait for them to come back. If it's just you and your family, chances are they're not if there's a problem. Like Craig said, I mean, you kind of know where you are, where you're tight. If you're in Rome and you're two hours away from, you know, port, that's a little bit that's different. Tough. Yeah. Um, but I'm a big proponent of personally 
of doing private excursions. I've done a lot of them on different cruises I've been on in different places. I think it's very easy to research these. Um, you know, you can see reviews. You can see who has done what. Um, you can contact companies. These are companies making their living in tourism. So most of them are not fly-by-night. Most of them are not. You know, they're relying on their reputation season after season. Right. They rely on word of mouth. So there are, and often you're doing... Um, a more in-depth excursion, sometimes for less money. Sometimes you're paying the same or a little bit more for a more private experience, which is important to me. Like Chris, or Chris, <laughs> Craig <laughs> no. just talked about, you know, the boat that they were on, that it was just the seven of them. Um, you know, we had done Alaska one time as well with a, a whale watching with a private boat. You can't compare that to being with 30, 40, 50 or more other people all vying for the side of the boat where the whale's coming. Yeah. Um and, and so, and I will say, with ours, it was the exact same price as yeah. the cruise line excursion because uh, with that, of you. it's well, it's yeah. the person by himself. It's not like they have to also cut in the cruise line right. as well, too. Right. So they're able to offer it at a lower price. Yeah. We're, I'm sorry, we're very big fans of private excursions where you get off. Uh, if you do a ship excursion, you're on a bus with 50 yeah. other people. When we get off the ship, we usually try and hire a car mm-hmm. and. We're on an island in the South Pacific, and while our driver, we were beating the ship's bus yes. to all of the highlights, but we would see it with the five of us and then move on as the other 50 people were getting exactly. off the bus. However, the driver also took us to her sister's house, <laughs> where she was making these tie-dyed beach cover-ups that I'm sure the bus did not go to. Right. And she offered us food and drink and just because we stopped there and we just did a private excursion Mm -hmm. when we were on the Italy cruise where the driver drove us around Rome and I had seen something on a TV show and he said, I'm going to take you to see something special. And I said, would you take us to see this and come to find out it's exactly what he was talking about. So I think sometimes you've got a lot more flexibility to let him know exactly what you want to do. I also want to point out one more thing with private mm-hmm. excursions and hiring for private people. You mentioned that, you know, the protection of the, bo- of the boat and the fact that if the boat leaves and all that is very important. But also sometimes these private people, they will, like we got taken to this lady's house. I'm sure that there are times when you're taken to a place where they're getting a kickback yes. for something. I agree with that completely. So you might be taken to a store or something yep. where this is, you know, if you buy something, they get a piece of the action. So it's in their best interest that they bring you there. I don't have a problem with that. Right. Because I know it going per- in. And I don't know that I've done any private excursions where I haven't been brought somewhere where I thought this is part of it. Right. But I've never been brought there against my will. No. Exactly. And it's never been anywhere I didn't want to be. And almost always I buy something. Right. So it's worked out for all of us. Right. You know, we're not the type of people who cave, okay, I have to buy something. Right. So just something else to be aware yeah. of. Um, what did your parents think of Alaska? So this is your second time. Yeah. So you obviously liked it and wanted to go back. But what did your parents think of it? Oh, they, they were absolutely blown away. Um, it was – it's – like you said, pictures just can't do right. the scenery justice. And uh, my dad has wanted for years to move to Colorado and just live in the Rockies. So this was like this was the ultimate destination for him because he got he finally understands the relaxing side of cruising, which was something that we tried to sell him for a couple of years now since we've all started cruising as a family and like 
trying to really point out how relaxing it can be. He now gets that, but he they got it with the scenery aspect of it, too. Mm-hmm. My sister, who is a diehard Caribbean cruise enthusiast, uh, especially with Disney, um, she even walked away from it being blown away and asking when we were going to go back. I apologize. Sorry. I don't think you can see Alaska. If you look at Alaska and are not overwhelmed, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. There's just something. And we love what we love about this cruise. And this is why we ended up choosing it was even though we were working, we would take our laptops. We'd go uh, the food court on celebrity, like Royal Caribbean is open almost all the time. It's not like Disney where it has very specific hours. So we would just go and find a table when it wasn't busy by the window. And we, you'd be working, but you're looking yeah, at Alaska, like or like these beautiful, you know, mountains and beautiful scenery, and it was just so. So every time we had free time, if we weren't in our stateroom, we were out looking for a place where we could sit and, you know, just watch Alaska go by. What was the port of call where we where we parked, and it was the seaplanes kept taking off around us? Was that Juno? I think yes. so. Oh my god, it was yeah. incredible. And you what just was the one where we got off and went to that restaurant? That was Juno. Yeah. So wow. You see that you're just sitting there having lunch on the boat and the seaplanes are taking off yeah. and landing. It's yeah. absolutely incredible. So we focused a lot about cruising because I think, I personally think cruising is the easiest way to see Alaska, yeah. especially if you've not been before. Just before we get off okay. of it, can I just mention a couple things? A couple sure. things I want to get in. Um, everybody's always asking about tips. What should I bring to Alaska? What should I? This cruise was the first time we made a conscious effort to purchase binoculars and bring them. And we said, why didn't we do this before? It changed the experience for us. Wait a minute. They're not in your stateroom? Well, in the staterooms I purchase. Oh. <laughs> this <laughs> is like I... hanging your coat up on the plane, yeah, right? Exactly. Oh, exactly. That. There actually is. There actually is. A, a, there was a small okay. set in the in the category we were in, but they're not as strong. And we also had a small set that we'd gotten on one of the ABD adventures that we usually brought with us. And we thought, well, these are good enough binoculars or binoculars. So I had, somebody had said to me, you really need to bring binoculars with you. So we took the time. We went shopping. We picked up a very inexpensive pair. They were like maybe $140. Um and we brought them with us, it changed the experience for us. Because mm-hmm. as we're sitting, just enjoying things going by, you could look and you could see things in the mountains that you would Before miss we otherwise. Alaska the first time, I bought him yeah. Yeah. a pricey pair of binoculars. But then we realized that, well, when you book a suite on Royal Caribbean, they're just everywhere. If there's a window, there's binoculars. <laughs> exactly. So they, that's a tip. So you want to you know, think yeah. about doing that, because I think it will, especially on these scenic days of cruising. Um, the other thing is, Pack in layers. I mean, weather can change from morning to afternoon. Um, earlier in the season, people ask when to go to Alaska. Earlier in the season, it can be a little bit cool still late in the season as well. I mean, July and August can be a little bit cool still, let's be honest. But you're more guaranteed nicer weather. we were there weather. one day and it was 90. Right, which was completely a, an off. And you, when you talk about early and late, those are also the least expensive times. That's exactly in right. In general. Yeah. We're talking about May to September. May to September is basically the season. So yeah. earlier in the season and later in the season, you're going to find your best pricing. Right. You're also going to probably run into the most risk of weather issues. Uh, as far as temperature. You're also going to run into sales at the stores. You are. Especially at the end of the season, there right. was like there was several clear outs going on. Um, July and August being prime. Um, but bring layers. Bring like wet like bring something that maybe would be water repellent like a light jacket that you would put over what you were wearing because mist and rain can be popular can happen now Um, i can tell you on the two ships that i've been on or the two sailings they were selling these jackets mm -hmm. everywhere so if you want one that has the name of your cruise company or the word alaska on it yep 
I, I there was bought, tons available. Yeah. I bought one, and I think I it was originally sixty dollars. I think I paid twenty bucks for it. Yeah. So there weren't umbrellas in your stateroom either. There actually were. Okay. We were saying concierge on this one, so there were umbrellas. Um, but that was a treat. Yes, we did get umbrellas. It was a nice big one. Um, so just keep in mind, we talked about the different. You know, we had done the inside passage. Like I said, I've done round trip several times now, Seattle or Vancouver. I prefer Vancouver. It's not without its challenges, just because it is most. If you're coming from the U.S., there's a bit of a an extra layer to it. You took the train, mm-hmm. which was easy to do. Oh yeah. Well, we. Hit, you need uh, extra time to do that. Though. You do. Um, yeah. Luckily, we had built in a day, so we flew into Seattle and uh, you know did a normal um, cross country trip from Orlando. So we got in at like 10 a.m. Seattle time, spent the whole day there, and then we wanted to have a full day in Vancouver. So then we took the earliest train the next morning. Uh, unfortunately, we hit a car. <laughs> our train on the way up so that was like an extra uh, hour and a half oh two gosh. hour process yeah the person lived so it's a happy story um <laughs> but yeah except for the part where they were hit by the train it's a happy story yeah well we don't know it if it was an accident ending. or if <laughs> okay. what what the circumstances were regardless it happened did you feel it did you feel like the train lurch and uh we didn't feel it but then like once they threw on the brakes to slow down quickly, we felt that it was it was apparent something happened, and then every conductor went like sprinting to the back, and and then something we found out too, if because and it makes perfect sense, uh, if there is an accident like that, uh, the person driving the train, your your main pilot, I guess they would call conductor. it like that conductor, uh, if they do get in an accident like that, they have to be pulled and go through drug testing and mm-hmm. everything. So they're not continuing so on the road. they can't continue. Luckily, we had an extra one who was just going along for the ride on ours, so we got to start back up again. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, then they have to bring in someone from anywhere to, to take part and to, to get on the train and then take it further from there. Uh, so, yeah, we had to build in that extra time and it so cut you down. You definitely on don't a, want to be doing that on the morning of your cruise. No, and I think there were people on our train that were uh, in a rush to get up there. And we ended up making it just like, like I said, an hour and a half too delayed. But how long is the normal, if you didn't have the delay, how long is the trip? I want to say it was about two and a half to three hours. Now, is there a, st- a place where you stop and Canadian Customs comes on board? How does that work? Uh, no, we. You do that before you get on the train. Yeah, we, when we got. When we got on the train, we had to show our passports. And then once we got off the train in Vancouver, we had to go through you the Canadian through officer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it was it was a beautiful ride. Um, mm-hmm. It's if you sit on the left side of the train going north, then there's like this one point that we passed where eagles are always like just everywhere. We saw probably 200 eagles just flying mm-hmm. around. And, and in Alaska and that area of Canada, like they joke about it. They're like pigeons to them. But <laughs> for someone in Florida, right. East Coast, mm-hmm. it's you can't see anything right. more spectacular. It's like the most incredible thing in the yeah. world when you see some wildlife. Yeah. Like you freak yeah. out and they're like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Because your wildlife is like a tourist. <laughs> well, but then again, if someone in, comes to Florida and sees an alligator, they right. freak out. Exactly. Which I always tell them, but our wildlife can eat your wildlife. <laughs> and you. Oh, and some you. crazy wildlife. I want to ask you a question about, Tracy talks about binoculars. Mm-hmm. Would you have advice for people who are photographers mm-hmm. about, should they get a special lens? Yeah, it, it, it's all over the board on that. Um, I, I have what is considered like a standard zoom zoom lens for my camera uh that's 24 millimeters to 240 and i will say that that is not nearly long enough um that you know i was 
I had to like take a picture and then zoom in like six times on it just to be like, okay, well, there's the bear that I saw from far away, or there was the the seal or sea lion in the water on a on a piece of ice. And so that I would just say, um, go if you have like a professional DSLR camera and you you buy your own attachable lenses, just go as long as possible um i'll say this too we have folks we travel with who are very much into photography and there's always an option they find the option to research online to rent a lens yeah so we went to seattle they found a place in seattle that rented a lens and when we returned they were able to return it so you don't have to buy invest in all that money but (laughs) yeah no that's that's actually a great option something that if you are, are on a round trip uh journey or just get it in your hometown if you live somewhere big enough uh to to do it that way and then uh, i will say if as as time goes on i know people get stuck in technology where they're like well i paid eight hundred dollars for this camera three years ago so i'm still going to use it uh i can just flat out say even when it comes to like uh, lower end digital cameras the the quality and crispness of uh, a, a good like zooming a digital camera from three years ago does not match up anything to what there is now. So maybe if, especially if it's got like a a 500 optical zoom, 400 optical zoom, um, that is something you absolutely are going to want to have and, and purchase a new one. If you ever see digital zoom, don't, you don't want that. That basically just means it goes to the point that it we can. Do a, we should and do a whole show. We should really do a whole show with you and maybe being Corian and stuff and talk about sort of that yeah. for more professional yeah. photographies on I'll vacation. I'll sit that one in. Well, I'll say, yeah, we can sit here and talk about our iPhones. Our iPhones do great. Hey, I you know? still, that's the thing. I had, like, they do I was take on, really good pictures, right? I was on vacation. I don't want my camera on my side the entire time. Yeah. So it's when you do find that you need to take that last second photo, that's the beauty of having smartphones now. Yeah. So they're always there for you. Tracy, anything else you want to add about cruising? No, I think we're good. I think just there's many cruise lines out there. Um, I've done f- Disney, Royal Caribbean, Princess, and Celebrity Now all to Alaska. Do you have a favorite? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Disney out of Vancouver was probably my favorite. Um, I think my second would be Celebrity, just because it was a very similar experience without the bigger price tag. Excellent. Um Obviously, we think cruising is great, and I think cruising is probably the best way to see Alaska because of, you know, again, your room is with you and you. Especially if you're early to Alaska, if you're just kind of testing the waters and it's your first time, I think it's a great way to do it. It's a great taste. Yeah. Also, do Alaska on your own if you're adventurous enough to sort of go Mm -hmm. and book your own hotel stays and stuff. I don't know that I would do that. To me, that feels like a lot more work. Especially getting from place to place to see all the things. That's you see a bucket on the list trip for me, for sure. We, really? we talk about it a lot to do it wow. um, to drive from the west coast of Canada. Like we're thinking, we would probably start around Calgary um, and drive um, north, do Alaska, do the Yukon. How do you get to Canada in the middle when there's no roads? <laughs> I think that would be fun to do in a, uh, an RV. Yes, exactly. We talk about doing that exact thing, taking the dog and going for a month and and just seeing what's north of us. Well, and just to go off that, though, part of the aspects with cruising uh, that does give you a benefit, Juno is only available by plane or mm-hmm. by uh, ship. Mm-hmm. You cannot drive. Or swimming. Right. Yeah, or swimming as well, too. Yeah. You might uh, get hypothermia, but who can't use a little bit of hypothermia every now and then? 
Um, so that that is a benefit of yep. the cruising aspect on it. That's a place that you have to go out of your way to yeah, see. Right. Absolutely. Another option, if you want to see Alaska, is Adventures by Disney. You could probably, there are other cruise companies, other cruise uh, providers that will do packages as well, but we are fans Most of... Most cruise lines offer something called the Land Sea Package, Yeah. where before the cruise or after the cruise, you do yep. a land... You can add land package and... A lot of times that includes Denali. But I want to talk a little bit about Adventures, Adventures by Disney. We are fans of Adventures by Disney products going other places. And Adventures by Disney does offer an Alaska adventure. Um, Kevin, what do you do on an Alaska adventure with Adventures by Disney? First of all, it's eight days, seven nights. So it is a week-long adventure. Uh, the man- minimum age for this trip is four years old. Um, the suggested age is six plus. So a little bit of a caveat there. You stay in four different hotels. So over the course of your week, you move around a bit. I'm going to tell you some of the things, and I apologize if I uh, obliterate this pronunciation. There are words I don't know how to pronounce. Uh, There's rafting on the Nanana River, the Byron Glacier, where you hike out to a magnificent roadside glacier. Kevin, would you turn your mic into your face a little bit more? That has rivulets and ice caves. The problem is I have to get close enough to the actual screen. So... Oh, good God. This is great. <laughs> He's doing a Sinatra impersonation. <laughs> you, you go to the Eklutni Lake. There's bike riding and kayaking. Spencer Glacier float trip. Uh, Girdwood Mining Town, an Alaska railroad ride. Gold panning. The Iditarod Experience. Alaska Wildlife Conservation Center. Denali National Park and Talkeetna. And Alaska Native Heritage Center. And... That's just some of the highlights of the trip. Uh, Pricing for this ranges, depending on when you go, ranges anywhere from $49.99 per person and up, depending on dates. Dates that are more popular, July 27th through July, I'm sorry, June 27th through July 4th, because you're in July 4th weekend, there is a premium because... So starting at about $5,000 a person per for an adult, a little bit less. And up from there, depending on the popularity of the date you choose. This, like any other Adventures by Disney trip, these are probably going to be a lot of stuff. You're going to be uh, jam-packed days. You're going to be doing something every day. You're going to be moving from place to place. So if that's something you prefer... To do, that's an excellent option. That's not how I would want to experience Alaska. I would want to see Alaska from a cruise ship. Well, you don't get to see the water views of these places. I mean, this is all done on land. Uh, It includes seven breakfasts, four lunches, and five dinners. So there is some on-your-own stuff. Yeah. And with Envy Adventures by Disney, they're going to move your luggage, and they're going to have special things planned for you, and they're going to take care of you. So it's going to be a great experience. Yeah. It's just, again, like I said, I don't know that it appeals to me from how I would see it. Flights for this trip are round trip in and out of Anchorage. Yeah. And so, and then the thing with the cruise Craig had done with the one way, um, you have to factor in the fact that now you're flying from Alaska. So that can have its challenges depending on what airport you're flying into because they have like one flight um, a week don't they <laughs> no they, they're pretty they're pretty stacked especially uh, on cruise days <laughs> yeah <laughs> and the other thing is you know you talked about pre and post um on the one ways you can add those so if you're doing the one-way cruise you know you can add it a land add-on in alaska and all the cruise companies are doing this um and they can range from two three five seven nights where you can do more some of the things that are being talked about in the adventures by disney so that would kind of combine the two 
Um, so I apologize. A little bit of I don't both. remember which cruise line it was, but one had the train where you took the train, I believe, into Denali, and it was the whole top of the train was glass. Yeah. So a lot of the cruise lines would do something. Princess is probably, I, I would say Princess has been doing Alaska, might be the longest. And as far as a lot of the lodges and stuff that are in Alaska that are part of this post, uh, they own a lot of them. Yeah, I would yeah. say. Do they really? They, yeah, oh. like they've got, they. I would say Princess really has it going on in that area. Um, I have clients who just did this journey with Holland America with the add-on at the end, so I'm interested to follow up with them and see what they thought on that because that's something I haven't done yet. And I, I keep saying that's next step, Alaska, for me, is to add on that. They also, if like you're fun. doing the one way, you can add on a pre. If you're going out of Vancouver, you can add on a pre-stay that starts in like Calgary or Banff that does the Rockies yeah. and by train um, before the cruise. So there's ways to incorporate both the cruise and the land. I think you would be coming at... You know, ABD prices, you know, when you start looking at those I, numbers, depending on cruise. I lead. also want to just say, I know it's Alaska might be a bucket list item for many people. And if it is, I would definitely recommend that. Uh, but for someone like my family, where we are very active every single day, we were the types of people that when we were going through Glacier Bay and the fjords, we were up on deck the entire time right. watching it because that's why we came there. Uh, by the time we got to Anchorage, the you know i would say probably 60 percent of the ship was going on to some other destination denali uh just exploring anchorage um for longer than just one day like we did we were burnt out on there's you can i could be in nature for for so long but seeing it in vacation mode and like running around um it's we all said that we would have loved to seen denali we will come back just to go to denali but to try to see it after a, a grueling cruise, it just would have been like, I don't care anymore. A freaking caribou. It's That's interesting great. because I think a lot of people look at some destinations like Alaska, maybe like Europe, and say, well, this is my bucket list. This is my one and only trip. I'm going to do everything you can. And I think it's interesting that we've all been to Alaska many times, right. multiple times. So it goes to show that, first of all, I think it's affordable. It is. I think there's enough of a range with cruise lines that are doing it and based on the time of year that I think there's enough a range in budget that it's affordable for most. I just want to go back because you stay in some nice places with the ABD trip. You stay in the Anchorage Marriott for when you first get there. You go to the Talkeetna Alaskan Lodge. You go to the Grand Denali Lodge. And then you go to the Hotel Alieska. Which, from what I understand, is absolutely gorgeous. I don't, yeah, I don't doubt that they go to the best places. Adventures by Disney always yeah. does. We went to the Hotel Alieska, and it was, it was incredible on point. Yeah, yeah, we just stopped in for a little while, hiked a trail that was around there. So again, you have a lot of options. What are those words? It means hiked a trail. I've never used it. Oh, yeah. That means you walked from Macy's down to Bloomingdale. Uh, is that like the the journey from my stateroom to the buffet? Is that <laughs> or the casino? Would that be a trail? <laughs> When we go, yeah, we you know you follow the trail and we yeah the warm the carpet path. to the casino. Exactly. <laughs> many, many, many options for Alaska. Again, I have to just say, I think if you're looking for the first time, definitely cruise. now I want to go again. Yeah, I do too. But so, I wanted to. We've done the same thing twice. Yes, we've done the round trip from Seattle. Seattle. I want to do a different version of. I it. keep saying, I keep saying, I'd love to get a small group of people who want to do the one way with us and do Count the us one in. way. We would go. Yeah, do the one way, add on a little bit of land at the end. That sounds like a Throw up great journey. Lower third, 
If you're interested in that, if that's something that excites you, write to Tracy. She'll put you on a list, and we'll see how many people are yeah. interested, and we'll put together. Yeah, you know, with a I think that would be a really. Yeah, I, I, I know that wouldn't appeal to everybody just because of the cost and the time involved to do it. Yeah. Um, but that I think would be a great group, yeah. a great group trip to do. Yeah, maybe we'll put it, we've done it before. You know, we've put together <laughs> yeah. smaller groups. Yeah, where and by smaller we mean thirty people, thirty. Right? 40 yeah, people. we're not talking. It's like six of us. Right? Yeah. Exactly. We've done a cruise with twelve people. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, definitely. I think that'll be a lot of fun. We want to do it for sure. So we hope we've uh, enticed you to go to Alaska. You should try it. It's beautiful. Um, so much to offer everybody. And uh, we hope you sort of wet your whistle Mm -hmm. to give Alaska a try. I also want to mention, too, Tracy mentioned we talked about Craig went on Princess and you've been on Celebrity and Holland America. A lot of people don't know this, but Dreams Unlimited Travel books all cruise lines. So if you're interested in one of these other cruise lines, please don't think that we only book Disney. So if you want a Princess cruise or Holland America cruise, we can certainly get that for you. And just, we've said this a hundred times, but different cruise lines have different things to appeal to different people. Right. There are people who love Disney Cruise Line, but they don't have a casino. Right. There are ships that have a casino, so there's, you've got to know, you know, we could help you pick out which would be the right cruise line for you. For sure. Excellent. Thank you guys for participating in the conversation. Thank you everybody at home for listening and watching and joining us. We hope you have a great week. And we hope you have a great vacation.